computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Welcome to the IBM Keep It Simple Technology Podcast, where each episode we discuss technology but in a simple way. We keep the explanation simple, but what we spend our time on is emphasizing what this technology means to you and how you can best utilize this technology for you and your business. Your host, as always, Thomas Angleo. Welcome to the IBM Keep It Simple Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Sanglero, Director of Innovation at IBM. And today, on this amazing episode, we have a guest that everybody's going to fall in love with. Right, Rashik? Everybody's going to fall in love with you. We, <laughs> we, we have the CTO of IBM Europe, none other than himself, Rashik Parmar. Rashik, are you there? I'm here, yes. Hi, Thomas. Great to see you. Likewise, likewise. Um, Rashik, uh, I think that's about the only joking I'm going to be doing in this episode of this podcast <laughs> because um, we have some extremely serious stuff to discuss because I'm going to jump right into the most important thing. And that is that today we're in, in the middle of the COVID crisis. And, you know, I reflect on that where I say today we're in the middle of the COVID crisis. The question is, when are we ever going to get out of this thing? Right. This, right. this thing may go on for a very long time. So what we're going to talk about today is relevant for pretty much forever. Okay. And the question I really want to start off with you, you, you as a CTO of IBM in Europe, you meet so many amazing people. You have insights from all parts of the world, all different cultures, aspects. You see what's working, not working. So where, where I want to start off with this is what is it or how is it? How is it to be a CTO today in the days of COVID or, or at your level? How is it to be a leader today in the days of COVID or after COVID? Let, let's just start there because other people listening are asking themselves the same question. They don't have the background. Nobody has that experience. So they really need the insight. What should they be thinking? What should they be doing? Rashik, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I think the first thing is, um, you, you said it absolutely right. We're, we're into something which is, we've never been there, right? Um, even going through world wars, going through um, other situations, um, this is something which is completely unique. And when, when you're faced with something totally unique, um, people tend to go through some common cycles. The, the first one is kind of denial. No, it can't be that bad, can it? It's just another another influenza. Is it that bad? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and after you get through the 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 denial phase, you get into this phase of um, realization that wow, this is this is serious. Um, and you've only got to look at video of people in the uh, intensive care uh, how they're being kept sedated. Um, on the fronts, uh, being ventilated, knowing that many of those people in those uh, intensive care units will never come out, right? And, and, and they are they are losing their lives alone in those in those environments. They've got people coming with masks, can only see their eyes. That that whole image of being inside intensive care is. I mean, horrific is not not the word. I mean, you you see things on movies. This is just 
unbelievable, right? And and so you, once you get to that realization that this is real, um, the next phase is grief. Um, and people respond to grief in many different ways. And the role of a leader is to create space and comfort around that grief period. Um, and you've got to allow people to uh, let their emotions and their their um, feelings really um, get, get to a point where they realize them. Often they don't even realize that they're griefing themselves, <clears throat> right? So as a leader, you've got to help them through that process. Um, <clears throat> we can't use work as an excuse. Your work mm. is there because you are there to deliver some value and outcome. And and I think there's, there's there's different sets of response, right? So you see one set of response from people we have around the world who've got 3D printers and say, hey, look, I can print 3D printed uh, protective masks and I can do my bit for this 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 crisis. Or people who've got data skills and can build a chatbot to uh, really relieve the pressure on um, online services that are trying to respond to this, these these crises, or people are saying, "Well, I can analyze the data, and I can provide better insight to help you take those decisions." Right? You're using the right kind of logarithmic curves, right? and then and there's people saying, "Well, I can use my technology skills to build an app to track this going forward." Yeah. These are all these are all good responses, right? Or, or there's the there's a humanitarian response, which is people who are stuck in their homes, elderly people who are not allowed to go out. How can I go help them? So there's there's all these what I call everyday heroes that are coming out and really supporting uh, the the folk that are in a really difficult position. Yeah, and we need them. Society needs those everyday heroes. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and remember that this is the, the numbers, although on the face of it look really small. There's there's only what two percent of people get into intensive care. Of the people in intensive care, you know, thirty to forty percent will will die. I mean, those sound like relatively small numbers, but when you see at the scale of society at large, when you've got six billion people, those small numbers become very big numbers. And mm-hmm. and it's not just the big numbers; it's the the effect on the healthcare service to be able to cope with those numbers. Right. We we just don't have enough capacity in healthcare around the world to be able to to achieve that kind of herd immunity, right? We can't do that. So so we're talking about flattening the curve, slowing down the, the pace, social distancing, you know, things which which we have to do to get through this this initial phase. And and as leaders, they're they're aware, you know, if they weren't aware, they're aware of that now and they're struggling. They see Absolutely. that the world doesn't have resources and then on an individual basis they're looking at themselves, they're going, What can I do? Yep. No. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know when I when I look at the IBM leaders, so I'm working with the, the senior leaders in the company. Their number one priority is the safety of our employees. Okay, that's that's their top priority. The first thing that we have on all our internal discussions is: Are we keeping our employees safe? First question, right? And and so you have seen that we've been incredibly cautious and in taking decisions on closing offices and doing some of the social distancing before governments have done or countries have done because we want to be ahead of the curve in this. And that's really, really important, right? Because our first priority is, is our employees. 
Um, and that's that's three hundred and fifty thousand plus employees in twenty plus countries around the world, right? Exactly, exactly. That's you, the scale that we're talking about. Exactly, and you look at those numbers, and, and the numbers of uh, cases that we've had within the IBM company are relatively low compared to what what's been uh, happening in society at large. Right. <clears throat> right. So, so, so to summarize so far, what you're saying is that even as a top leader in one of the biggest companies in the world in terms of number of employees, number of countries that you have presence in, um, that very first thing, the very first thought that the top leadership did was take care of our employees, understand that they're going through the different phases, yep. right? The, the denial, the acceptance, and then the grief, right? Yep. So it's, it's, I find this incredibly interesting. And my reflection is that I think other people are reflecting too, who are listening now and saying that here's the CTO of IBM Europe. And this, this guy is, is, is really emphasizing on the soft stuff is what happens in this in incredible moment in human history, that that's how you take care of, that's how you lead is that you primarily focus on people, soft stuff, Absolutely. compassion. That's an amazing statement coming from uh, a person like yourself. But please keep keep going. I think that's great. I just want to emphasize that. No, no I, and yeah, this, this and then the, the next phase is okay. So now we've we've protect, you know really looked after our, our teams. How do we help our clients? Right, because our clients are going to go through the same kind of cycles. Right. <clears throat> How do we share our knowledge and experience and expertise and what we're doing, and and stay connected? Because we might learn from them, but we can also advise them. Right, because it's it's about um, companionship here as well as as um, as as a business, right? Because a lot of our clients are our friends, right? Um, and and that authentic friendship and trust that you build across that relationship is something that we want to protect. So so we've been thinking about a, a lot of those things, um, and then and then there's the things that we can do. So as we go through this crisis, we have capability to be able to support. Um, society at large, and, and that might be in building those apps, building the different uh, technologies that can that can come to terms with remote working. Now we, we have to play out scenarios, right? So you can't you can't make decisions without having some kind of hypothesis and having some kind of scenarios. Right? Mm. So the scenarios that you might play is okay. Well, when do we think governments will be releasing the um, uh, the social distancing and the uh, the restrictions that are put in place. Uh, will that happen in three weeks, six weeks, six months? You know, there's different scenarios. We, we play out those scenarios. And then you start to say, okay, well, when they release them, what's going to happen? So what's, what's going to happen to the, the number of cases as you start to release that? And, and what will they do with, with if this case start increasing or decreasing? So we have to, we have to do that kind of scenario play out uh, and then look at, through all of the possible scenarios, which ones do we think are most likely, which ones are least likely, and then and then based on that, let's take the decisions, recognizing that our first priority is our employees, employee health and safety. Second and second priority is our clients, and then the third priority is making sure we stay business, you know, we stay profitable and, and continue to deliver the business. And that's how we that's how we're thinking through each of these decisions. Right? That's great. You just put one, two, three. That was fantastic. Then let me add another perspective and I'd love to get your feedback on that. And that is that, so we're, we're up to the business aspect, right? Mm -hmm. um, the one is taking care of the people, society, the business, but here's the other one. What is business? 
right? So what I'm saying by that is, let me be yep. very clear so the people listening, and that is that what the measurements you had pre-Q1 2020, pre-COVID, yep. let's say, right, yep. of what is a good quarter, what is an uh, expect, uh, ex acceptable margin of profit, yep. those numbers, those variables, those algorithms, those formulas that were built into your spreadsheet, that's no longer valid going forward. Correct. Those measurements are off. Could you talk to that? And I think the reason why I want you to talk to that is because a lot of top leaders know that, but they, they, it's really hard to say that now when you have your next board meeting. Right. They're just saying that the last decades that we built the company on, every all our beliefs and our foundation, we have to rewrite that. Yep. So let's, I would love to hear your perspective on that. And so other people, so the other leaders listening, they, they could, you could help them to rewrite their foundation of what is a profitable, what is a revenue model that looks like today? Is it okay not to emphasize the revenue model so much because people are dying? You know, I just, please, this, you can go yeah. anywhere with this. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, ultimately, um, each business has its own um, profit formulas, as you say, right? <laughs> We're incredibly fortunate in that um, we have a pretty good um, financial reserve that we can draw on um, and, and we look at the level of resilience of the business. So if, if there's no money coming in now for the next one month, two months, three months, what would that do from a financial flow perspective? What, how much can pay employees? Play for the, the buildings that we have? You know, so, so we're looking at all of the costs and saying, how do we slow down those costs to give us as much resilience as we can going forward? Right? So any expense that we can control. Now, bear in mind, people at home, a lot of the travel expenses have, have been cut back. So we've got potential savings from that. So that, that changes part of the curve. Yep. At the same time, um, whilst customers may delay or stop some of the spend, some customers are having to spend more in other places. right? So you might not get some revenue from travel companies because they're not going to spend very much but some of the hospitals are spending more because they need more IT and, and you know, we're there to help them, right? So, so you have to shift the resource and the projects and, and opportunities to where the money is potentially going to come from and support the, the opportunity to emerge. And that, that is about rapid response. It's about building on trusted relationships. You know, some of our teams have been in the hospital working with the, the local hospital team almost 24 by 7 since this crisis happened. And they've been there as we've set up these um, these temporary hospitals, we've been putting IT into those hospitals to to be able to support the the care provision that's that's created these thousand person hospitals out of nowhere, right? So that's that's complete new revenue. Nobody would have predicted that, right? So you've got to try and balance where you can get the money and where you can save, and make sure that you hit a um, an appropriate profit. What you what you can't afford to do is make sure that you're 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 not making the money that you, know, you, you want to at least have a level of profit. You don't want to be going under, but you've got to not go too much into your reserves. So that, that's that's a kind of overall equation that's being done at the corporate level. And then each of the markets, each of the geos is being given a set of you know, must-make targets and, and helping them think through how they, they do that. And, and what we've looked at is said, okay, so in this situation, what is a, what is a government going to do in responding to COVID? What's a... What's a bank going to do? What's a telco going to do? And we've provided a set of offerings. At the same time, we want to be compassionate, so we're providing things free. So some of our uh, services like um, Aspera, um, some of the um, video technologies, we made those free for the period because, look, 
we've got to be helpful, right? We don't want to be, you know, using this as a way of, of screwing somebody when it, when they're down, right? We want to be helpful at this stage, right. build those trusted relationships, knowing that in the future, when things get better, that trusted relationship will turn into a profitable relationship. That's, that's what our, our hope is, right? Yeah. Um, and, and at the same time, you've got to play out those scenarios. So there's, there's, a, there's a balance between um, putting it too much risk in, into the system that, that you, you become unprofitable versus um, being compassionate and supportive in the right way. So, so there's a very fine balance that we're trying to drive. Uh, but, but ultimately, we are very fortunate in having a very resilient business, right? Um, and and you'll you'll see the quarter numbers. We, I don't know what the numbers are, and, and we, you know the, the the key people working through those. But I would expect us to post, you know, relatively good numbers because a lot of our business is annuity business. It's not it's not transactional business. We have a chunk of transactional. We have a lot of it is ongoing long term contracts, and so that gives us a lot of resilience that, that others don't have. Yeah, and, and, and let's just, just, that's it. I want to stop you right there just because I want to jump on that one point, and that is others don't have, right? So um, you mentioned something, and I'm tying two dots that you mentioned earlier. You talked about grief earlier because I thought that was beautiful. And then a moment ago you said that um, you have to keep the revenue going. Um, when you mentioned grief the first time, you mentioned grief in regards to COVID and the horrible things that are going on. But I, I reflect as you talk that these companies – the, the leadership are going through business grief. Yeah. At the same time, they're going through personal grief. Yeah. And that's, and I reflect to myself and go, wow, that's a double whammy. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's, you're not thinking straight because right. right on the personal side, you may have somebody in your house or somebody you know, so your neighbor or something like that. You go to work, that's another grief. I mean, that business leader is not in the best situation to make business decisions. Absolutely. I mean, if you take any of the travel companies, they, their business is, is completely decimated right now. Yeah. Um, and and if, if that, if, if you're having to go to work um, and explain to somebody, I'm sorry, but we can't employ you anymore. Uh, yeah. And at the same time, yeah. knowing full well that they may have relatives who are dying in the hospital. I mean, that's just, yeah, 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 that's yeah, just yeah. heartbreak. Right? I mean, you, you, yeah. you can't imagine that scenario. And, and by the way, I've been talking to people in, in airlines and, and, and travel businesses who are in exactly that position. I mean, these guys, the, the, the pressure and stress that they've got is unbelievable. If we talk about mental, mental illness that comes out of this, we haven't, we haven't experienced that as yet. We don't really know what this is going to do to them. Um, uh, mentally, and and that will turn into other forms of um, physical societal issues that we haven't played out yet. Can you share any story without revealing any names, just because people relate more to stories? Do you have any specific stories? Um, yeah. So if I if I look at if I I'll talk about one of um, my my local neighbours actually rather than a client, and uh, um, you know she was. She was working as an airline hostess, and um, she's she's basically lost her job, right? So, so she's been told that um, they won't employ her now, um, and at the same time, she's got uh, issues with some of her her family who are in working in the hospital in the front line, in the care service, and she is absolutely terrified about what could happen to them and how they might, you know, they they could they could quite easily contract the virus so so she's in a really difficult place and and then 
she's got nobody to really turn to and talk to, right? She's in the home. She's got kids who can't go to school. She doesn't have a job to do. Um, you know, luckily her husband's continue to be employed and, and supporting the family, but yeah, that's okay. a really difficult position. Yeah. Hmm. I just wanted to get real because I think yeah. stories are so important because yeah. I think by the time people hear this podcast and going forward, all of us can have multiple stories. Of right? course. So, so going back to let's 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 give everybody a little of an emotional break, right? Let's, yeah. let's, <laughs> but it's it's well, IBM and, and this is what we do. We talk about real things, and I think it's important to talk about the emotional stuff. But let's talk a little bit about technology. Um, sure. Give everybody a break. Um, going forward, uh, as a CTO. What type of does the does the talk about technology in the office change, or is it business as usual, or the word business as usual probably should not be said again for quite some time? What do you? What yeah, do you so I, th I think the first thing is that um, you know clients are looking <clears throat> first and foremost at um, at resilience, operational resilience in its broadest context. So when we go forward. Um, we're going to be we're going looking at businesses and saying, okay, for this business, how do we create sufficient financial reserves and, and um, technology to keep them running if this virus was to happen again? And that might be remote working, it might be additional security, it might be uh, increased automation, more use of cloud. There's there's a whole bunch of of, of things that will play out. And you can look industry by industry at how they will how they will do that. And um, obviously, we've got a lot of work to do to make sure we're ready for that because you know some of the countries have, have started to um, relax. I mean, we know the Nordic countries are, um, I think, Denmark and Sweden are going to be starting to go back to normal very soon. Yep. Um, and and so we we kind of learn from those and say, well, how are they coping with it? Um, the, the places that are much harder hit, like the Italy's and the Spains. Um, how they recover um, is probably going to be more like the way China's recovered. So we're looking at, uh, at yeah, the experiences from China, looking at the technologies that they're, they're, uh, uh, they're looking to buy and use and exploit to support the business. And, and I lump it into three broad categories again. Right? There's, there's a set of things which is survival-related. So how do I use the latest technologies and technical thinking to make sure my company survives through this crisis? Mm-hmm. And that might be more remote working, that might be cost reduction, that might be using cloud to be able to, to drive applications that I couldn't do before, um, using chatbots, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> then there's another piece of work that happens very soon after that, which says, look, I got a little bit carried away with my business in the past. I've got to go back to what's core. I've got to simplify my business to really work on what's core and what really matters in the marketplace. So that, that kind of simplification is a next set of responses that we see that, that will come downstream. And then the third set of responses is, look, I'm, I'm actually really lucky. I've been resilient through this phase. Um, I've got something which is unique and special and it was important before, but it's now super valuable. So I'm going to use that and really help society and, and super scale what I've got in the business. And that might be, I mean, think, take someone like a, a Zoom as a video conferencing technology. They've got something which has mass need right now, much more than it ever had before. How do I super scale that and, and start to become 
mega business on the back of that. And, and that's just not not just video providing. That there's a whole bunch of businesses that I think will emerge, which will will be unique for each of the industries, whether it's around airlines and and how we do social distancing in the airlines. It might be around you know banking and using banking in different ways to support um, different forms of. Uh, your care provision. So, so there's a whole bunch of things. So each, each industry will have its own super scalers. So, so I look at it in terms of technologies to support scaling, technologies to support simplification, technologies to support super scaling. So to, to simplify that, <laughs> which, is, which is really good, um, I, I would say that uh, there's a reset going on. Yeah. And it is okay to reset now. Where before it probably maybe wasn't so appropriate to say we have to redo our company, we have to look at things from scratch, we have to clean, uh, whiteboard it and clean slate all that. Now today, it is appropriate. This is the time for the reset, and that's number one. You said number two. You said is in my words, be more innovative, right? What are the new things you can do? What new technology you can leverage? And 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 then the last thing where you were touching on. It's just this, you know, this open mind point of view where the innovation will lead to is your new core business, the, the spinoffs from it are you'll lead you. You're, you're, for example, you said Zoom is a video company, but it's, it's more than that. Your core business where you're at today is not where you're going to be tomorrow. Open up, expand, allow the reset to reset, reset you like a leaf in the wind. Let it blow okay. you to where you're destined to go Absolutely. versus saying that's our business and we don't we only do that. That's not correct anymore. This is like an incredible time where you can do anything you want and go anywhere. And so I think you, you said it beautifully. I think, I think, and I think, I think overall, everything you said in this podcast was beautiful. And that is because you talked about, and remember, I think the people out there got to realize that you are the CTO of IBM Europe. And you started off strongly talking about people, compassion, love, really taking care of the employees, taking care of your clients. And then I asked you, and I challenged you said, well, if you're a company, what are the things that you talk about in the office as a CTO? And you immediately said, it's okay. You almost said, forgive yourself, allow reset your company, be more innovative. It's okay to restart. Did I capture all that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one thing that we didn't talk about, which is fundamentally important for all the businesses. Please. And, and that is about staying close to your customer, right? <clears throat> Try and live in your customer's shoes because that's the only way you'll understand what matters to them and how you can really help them. And, and I think we have to think about being in the customer's shoes now because it's very different from what it was just a few weeks ago. And, and, and there's no time limit about Correct. what the customer is experiencing. So if I may, I'm going to flip that over and I'm going to help everybody out because I get this question quite often. And, and people ask me, Thomas, you know, uh, when I call my customer today, what do I say? And I have the easiest answer. I said, turn it around. If your mobile phone, if your phone rang right now from a, from a vendor or somebody, what would you want to hear from them? You don't want them to say, hey, I want to sell you something. <laughs> this is not the time for that type of talk, right? Correct. What you want to hear from them is the first thing out of their mouth is, is hey, Rashik, how are you doing? How's your family? Is, is everybody okay? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I tell everybody, I said, listen, the phone calls you make to your clients or whatever category, whatever you want to call them, your customers, you spend 95% of that time talking about them. That's all that's important. That's you right. take care of them. It's, it's you know, a friend, a, a lifelong friend. You only call and take care of them. And that's why they're a lifelong friend, because you took care of them. 
You want them to be a lifelong customer, you take care of them. I think it's beautiful. I, I think the people have to understand that, Brian, uh, that Rashik, that you're the CTO of IBM Europe, and, and this is the message you're saying IBM is doing. And I think that's very powerful because in these times, you know, people at your level, um, this is amazing that you're saying this publicly. So um, I thank you. I'm really, I'm smiling, even though you can't see me. <laughs> Look, there is no other way, right? We cannot be successful unless our clients are successful, right? <clears throat> and, and if we're living in our client's shoes and we're really thinking about how do we help them get through this, be successful as businesses going forward, then we're nothing, right? It's not about being essential. It's about being there, being somebody who they will turn to. And, and by the way, the other piece is at this time, you can, you've got actually more access to clients than ever before. Uh, right, and you can you don't have to have hour long meetings. You can have a five minute chat of WhatsApp. Yes, yes, there we go. Right, and, there and we it's, go. It's, that's all it takes. Five minutes, quick. I hope everything's okay. I hope your family's okay. If you know the wife's name, the kid's name, just add, put the names in there. Be personal, right? Um, and if there's anything I can do, you know where I am. That's all you've got to say. That. Perfect. I'm not going to add anything to that. Again, perfection. <laughs> Rajik, this has been, uh, uh, in Norwegian, we would say, kushle, this warm and comfortable type of conversation. I really, really, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to share your views from all across the world uh, with everybody, because this is the kind of content information and uh, tonality that people need during these times, right? It's okay to take care of each other. Rashik, any last words you'd like to say to everybody around the world? Uh, uh, the only last word I would say is, if you start with people, then you will be there for the future. If you just care about the technology, then you're gonna be history. Well said. Ladies and gentlemen, Rashik Parmar, CTO of IBM, Europe. Thank you so much. I am Thomas Anglero, Director of Innovation for IBM, and I think I am blessed to have spent the last half hour with you, Rashik. Everybody, uh, please um, subscribe, listen. We're listening to the podcast on Spotify, uh, iTunes. We're everywhere. Let us know what type of content you want in the future, and we really appreciate you having us. Rashik, thank you again. And I hope to have you on the podcast again in the future. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.